You're listening to the CFP Podcast with your host, Sheffy, the college football writer, the source for your college football fix with picks, clicks, and conversions over kicks. Now, here's your host, Sheffy. Hey, college football fans. Welcome to a special Pac-12 segment of the CFP Podcast. I'm joined today by Ryan Abraham of uscfootball.com a 24-7 sports site that covers the USC Trojans and everything going on with the men of Troy and football. He's on Twitter at InsideTroy, and uh, you may have heard him on various podcasts. Uh, the, the big thing that got me to want to reach out to Ryan is I, I love listening to his work, following his work online. So, um, you know, Ryan, in this series, I've loved running back down memory hill and through the tunnel of college football nostalgia. And I remember my first favorite USC Trojan was Rob Johnson shortly okay. followed by Jason Seahorn. Uh, so yeah, it goes back. And then uh, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I didn't root for USC for a little bit because I was a Northwestern fan, still am. And uh, when we got our hearts broken on that '96 Rose Bowl, I had to take a break from uh, SC. But I soon forgave for the sake of college football tradition. But um, first of all, thanks for being on the show. And maybe tell us a little bit about your past and how you got into doing what you do for SC. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's funny. You mentioned the that Rose Bowl, like Keyshawn Johnson had a big game in that one. I remember that. And uh don't want to jump into anything, but when we were talking, I was talking earlier today about people were talking about, well, why would people like the Big Ten want USC and not Oregon? And Oregon's had more success. The traditions and the, the amount of times USC has been in the Rose Bowl, you think about that as a Northwestern fan, that was almost 30 years ago, and it's going to be on the top of your mind. Like you, re, you have those memories about USC and the Big Ten. You don't have those memories about Oregon and the Big Ten yet. So I think that's a big factor. So it's funny that you mentioned that. I just was talking about that earlier. But I, I went to USC undergrad and grad school, but for engineering. Okay. And I just always enjoyed uh, – I came from the East Coast, and I enjoyed – writing, I would make newsletters and print them out and send them to my friends because I always missed, I was missed home and I wanted, you know, mail from your, from your high school friends and everything. And I, it's just kind of started writing about the football team as like a hobby. And then I created a website to do that. And it just kind of grew into a business. And then back in 2004, I quit my engineering job and started doing this full time. So it's been almost 20 years uh, doing this, but a lot of crazy stories uh, over the years, but yeah, I kind of had to learn some of this journalism stuff uh, on the fly. I started a podcast because LA's a very um, professional sports town. There's Lakers, yeah. Dodgers. I wouldn't get to do radio all that much locally, but I would do radio across the country, especially when USC was good. So I'm like, well, screw it. I'll just do a podcast. And I started doing that myself. So I never even listened to a podcast. And I was hosting and producing one. So I don't know. Just one of those things you just kind of fall into stuff. And uh, it's grown and grown ever since, but it's been cool. And then these last, this last month or so has just been kind of crazy with all the USC news. Well, since, since November, when they hired Lincoln Riley, it's all been crazy. Oh yeah, but um, you know, not a dull moment for you. I, I can imagine. And <laughs> I got to pick your brain sometime. Uh, you know, a little bit off the air because that's essentially my background and my story. You know, I was uh, a beat writer for Northwestern for a few seasons, and I, I literally just, you know, I, I kept writing about it, and people kept saying, "Well, why don't you work and do that?" And so I contacted uh, Louis Vacher actually at Wildcat Report, one of the rival sites for Northwestern, and. You know, we got to talking and, um, you know, I did that for a few years, but I, I missed the national part of the game. And as much as I, you know, bleed purple for uh, Northwestern, I, I wanted to spend a lot of my efforts doing the national stuff. And so, yeah, same thing. I mean, this podcast is really just a, a labor of love and it's a passion. And, you know, it's, it's a small pipe dream for me to have it turn into something where it, I can call it professional. But, uh, you know, I appreciate guests like you who are willing to take your time out of your busy schedule to come on and, you know, help me continue to, to follow my dreams. So thanks, Ryan. 
Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, it's always good to uh, follow your dreams there. And it's great. I mean, there's so when you talk to young people, probably, you know, trying to break in the business, if you ever do that, I mean, it's one of those things where start your own blog, start your own podcast, yeah. get, you know, interact with the people that you admire on Twitter and whatever. And, and if you're good at this, I mean, people are going to notice, you know, and yeah. then it, it takes off. So it's great. Sure. We'd love to see stuff like this. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the words of encouragement. So, uh, so I like to go around and find the most comprehensive podcasts and uh, you know, even individuals and follows for each conference and, Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan's work is surely one of the best for the Pac-12. He not only addresses the big issues and stories of the conference and of the USC Trojans, but he gives us real college football diehards what we want. Insight on the teams and the players, the analysis and trends from what we saw last year, what we can kind of expect for this upcoming year, more than just the clicky stories of ridicule and, and some of the other stuff that um, after reading about it for an hour, you just want to move past it. And case in point, all this realignment stuff, Ryan. So um, I'm going to get the talky talk stuff out of the way, conference realignment first, and then we're going to get into the, the base of today's uh, episode, which is Pac-12 in the 2022. So, um, and I, I can imagine you're sick of talking about this, hearing about it, writing about it, but just briefly, a couple of questions. First of all, what do you see as the best move for the Pac-12 at this point moving forward? Is it working to save the conference by adding some teams, or is it better off cutting their losses and maybe merging with a conference like the Big 12 um, or even the ACC, as I'm kind of hearing lately? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot. I think when we saw a year ago when Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12, you left, it was basically the Big 12 was left on the side of the road. Right. Uh, and for death, right? And uh, they, you know, Bob Bowlesley, to his credit, I mean, he had a lot of criticism, did what you needed to do. He stabilized everybody. No one else left. Uh, it kind of helped that there wasn't really any huge brands left. Um, but, you know, you got some brands that you have value in. And then we go out and add a Cincinnati or a UCF. Houston, BYU. I think that was the best available move. And now you can look at it, probably the most, you know, stable conference. I guess the ACC is pretty stable because they're tied up for the next 14 years in their deal. But right. uh, he stabilized that patient, you know, very well. Uh, and the Big 12 now is going to get new leadership and we're going to see what they do. George Klyovkov, you feel bad. I mean, the, the eve of his one year anniversary is when this broke right. on June 30th. And you're just like, what was he supposed to do? He already had a, a very tumultuous year with NIL starting exact day he started, uh, the transfers where you don't have to sit out a year, all the, just everything that's been going on in college football, you know, Texas, Oklahoma leaving. The landscape of college football changed a whole bunch in his first year on the job. And he was not from college athletics. So he's learning all this on the fly. Sure. And to his credit, I mean, he's someone that every job he's ever taken over, it was basically turmoil. And he was able to kind of write the ship. This one's going to be tougher. I think, I feel like, USC and UCLA combined aren't as big of a brand as, as Texas and Oklahoma. Like USC's up there with it, but UCLA maybe not as much. But I feel like the it's more of a mortal wound to the Pac-12 with USC and UCLA leaving. Just that LA base, all the recruits are there. You know, it's a third or whatever of the TV money probably coming from, uh, or 40%, I think it was, from USC and UCLA. That's, uh, that's going to be tough to overcome. I feel like the same sort of thing. He stabilized the patient where the, the 10 teams that are left look like they're going to be there. I mean, Oregon yeah. or Washington would love to go somewhere, but it doesn't look like the Big Ten was looking at them at least yet. So yeah. maybe Notre Dame does something. And then the Big 12 was looking at the Arizona schools and Utah and Colorado. Um, but as of now, it seems like those, you know, those programs are ready to kind of see what George Klyovkov does. They started the 30-day window to um, you know, exercise that, you know, negotiate the TV rights. Yeah. So that's something. And they they announced that they were going to look to expand. Um, I don't know if they will. I mean, I think there's 
the presidents are going to have to change their kind of attitude towards the types of teams they would want in the Pac-12. Right. Um, they would look down at a San Diego State or a Boise State, as that whatever. And I feel like you're going to have to do something like that unless you make a deal, like you mentioned, with the Big 12. Uh, but it seems like more like a deal with the ACC would be a little more likely because um, they're kind of locked in. But they can't really do much either. They can't allow any members to come in because if they break that contract, the grant of rights deal, then the Clemson of the world could kind of escape. You know, they're kind of trapped right, right now. Yeah. So I, there's not a lot of, unfortunately, I don't think there's a lot of great options. And But you have to do something. And if the, the Big 12 gets creative and says something to Oregon and Washington, like, hey, you can join and we're going to give you an out. If you if the Big Ten comes calling, we'll let you walk away. That might be appealing to an Oregon or a Washington where the Pac-12 is going to want to lock you up for a long time and not let you go. So there's, I feel like, Tim, we had this sort of, you know, just craziness almost two weeks ago. And then everything kind of like settled down. But it's almost like you change, you know, everyone's playing Monopoly and they change the poker. You just change all the rules all of a sudden. And right. everyone's looking around, what do I have? <laughs> like I have a St. James place and, a, and a, an ace of clubs. I don't know what's going on. They're trying to right. figuring out what the new game is. And then what they can do is, all right, we're going to come up with a plan and contingency plans and things like that. So I think we're going to kind of not hear much for a little while, yeah. but someone's going to come up with some big hair-bearing scheme like the Big 12 like, offer. And then, then I think you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff happen again. But for right now, it seems like, you know, Klyovkov has things stabilized. Yeah. It's just, I don't think it's going to last forever. Yeah. And, and for me, from my, in my humble opinion, it would make the most sense for the, the Big 12 to reach out to those remaining Pac-12 schools, particularly the Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado, and then Washington and Oregon. Um, and kind of, I mean, the, the big thing with the Big 12 is people say, well, they need a TV network. Well, there's the Pac-12 network. So if somehow Klyavkov and Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of the Big 12, can merge and say, okay, we're going to kind of tag team this thing. And we're, we're going to take what was started with the Pac-12 network. We're going to try and develop it and brand it into something. And I think also for college football, that now gives you four power conferences, whereas I don't like the idea of moving to two. And um, Jim Phillips, who's the head of the ACC, he's a smart guy. And I think that he's going to make a, a hard push to try and keep the ACC as, as strong and as stable as he can by protecting, you know, Clemson, Miami. I know Florida State, Clemson, uh, North Carolina, and Virginia have been talking to the SEC. I don't think that the SEC is a better fit for those schools. So if, if somehow the ACC can do that, and, and I, I don't see, I know geography is kind of way down in the pecking order of people's priorities. But I mean, aside from the geography of the ACC and, and the Pac-12, it just seems like um, from a competitive standpoint for U.S. or for uh, Washington and Oregon to go and join the Big Ten and join teams like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, um, you know, some of those teams that are already kind of established. I think if you're thinking short term for schools like Washington and Oregon, uh, Utah, uh, and even Arizona State, Arizona and Colorado, it might be a, a closer fit to go to that Big 12 as long as, like you said, they can make the money right and they can make the TV right, because that's really what it comes down to. It's about TV revenue, right? Yeah, for sure. And then, and you know, there's always been like, this is like an ACC type of school, or this is a Pac-12 type of school. And right. that's, it's just been so blurred, right? There's everything yeah. is so different. I mean, the, you know, you got Duke and Virginia, you know, they're a lot different than, you know, like Florida State and Miami. I mean, there's just, it's just, you know, I think the Pac-12 is going to have to make some concessions, you know, one way or the other. And, you know, pairing up with one of those other conferences, I agree with you. I think like four, if there was a way to make four super conferences 
And I thought that's the way we were going. To me, that made the most sense because geographically, you could split things up, have a couple in the Southeast, a Midwestern, Northern one, and a Western one, and all of that. But then now you're looking at when Texas and Oklahoma leave, okay, well, it's going to be really hard for the Big 12 to be part of a super conference unless they merge with somebody else. Right. And then the Pac-12, the same thing. You lose your big brand. Um, it's really tough now that, you know, so many brands are isolated. So could it go to three? I don't know where the, you know, that, cause you got some big ones left like Oregon, Washington, right. um, you know, Clemson, Florida state, Miami, but how do you put those They're on the other sides of the country? How do you put those together? Yeah. It's just made things a mess. And it always, it just, to me, it always comes down to, there's no czar of college football. There's nobody looking out for the betterment of the entire sport. You yeah. have, you know, two very powerful uh, conferences and they're looking out for what's best for them. And yeah. sometimes it's pillaging from your, your neighbor, you know, your friend, right. your, your ally, someone in your alliance that you've actually backstabbed essentially with uh, Kevin Ward and the PAC 12. Um, right. But I, but no one's really looking out for the better of sport. Cause I think the PAC 12, I mean, the, the big 10 and the, and the sec could have made moves that helped them, but also was good for the entire sport. Um, where this case, they were just looking at how do we help ourselves, but this might hurt the sport. You know, and I, I don't think that was on the top of their mind, where if we had someone kind of running this at the top, they would be like, Hey, we're going to still help you. You're still going to make more money, but instead of stealing these you know, teams for this conference, here's what we're going to do. And that's going to help you. So yeah, yeah I, I wish we had something like that. We just don't have it in the sport. Yeah. And, and the moment you said, well, four would make sense. That's what scares me the most, because it seems like if it makes sense and it sounds right, then that's not the direction that college football is headed right now. So, um, so uh, briefly before we move on, uh, USC's move to the Big Ten. From what you know, was that more USC driving that move as it happened and the Big Ten was eagerly on board? Or did the Big Ten approach USC to propose this move and USC said, yeah, it's a fit for us? Yeah, from everything I've heard, it was USC initiating um, the contact. And I, you know, okay. I talked to Mike Bowen, the athletic director. He came on my podcast a little over two years ago. And I had asked them, I mean, there was a lot of USC fans and and I know people that were in the athletic department that weren't happy that USC made the same amount of money as Oregon State. And then probably more importantly, they were making significantly less than like Rutgers and Vanderbilt, you know, because they just were in the wrong conference. They weren't in the right neighborhood, I guess. And so I'd ask them like, you know, a lot of fans would always ask us, hey, can USC go independent? Can they join a different conference? So I asked Mike Bone that and he said everything was on the table and I think from that point, USC just had decades long of former football players being the athletic director that didn't have experience being athletic directors. And they just weren't, they were just kind of going to go along with whatever was happening before. And I think Mike Bone comes in, he had moved the team already. You know, he'd moved Colorado when he was there. I think he understood, like, if you want to be competitive in this landscape, you have to be able to bring in significant revenue. And how can you do that in the PAC 12? And I, so either it's going to be get a bigger share of the pie in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and I don't think a lot of the Pac-12 programs would like that, um, right. or go somewhere else, go independent, you know, and which seemed like a good idea at the time, but like Notre Dame, it's just, you know, they're probably going to join a conference at some point. Right. With the super conferences, it's kind of like you got to get in one of those. And so right. I think he reached out to the, 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 the uh, Big Ten first. At some point, UCLA got involved. Um, and, you know, on the Big Ten side, when they met, you know, it was pretty much approval across the board that, you know, hundred percent, everyone's unanimous. Yeah. Let them in. They had a meeting. I think Kevin Warren was in London when they first got to start doing this. 
And uh, th- that was the weird part for all of this was that leaked from John Wilner does a great job reporting on the PAC 12 yeah. th- that Thursday morning. And by that evening it was signed, sealed and delivered. Right. And uh, that was, that was probably the most insane part is just, it wasn't like you heard two weeks ahead. It was earlier the day this was happening. And then by the evening it was done. I was like, so that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember getting a, a, a text from a, a college football buddy of mine. And he says, I'm here in USC and UCLA to the big 10. Is this uh, is this just crazy news? And I thought, nah, that sounds a little too far fetched. And yeah, like, Literally, like within the next ten minutes, I'm seeing it on all these sites as I'm checking and fact checking. I'm like, well, damn, I guess that's that's the way it's going to go down. So uh, crazy, crazy. So uh, I'm going to give you real quick my projected order of finish for the Pac-12. Um, okay. As they stand in their geographic alignment right now, I know that they're doing away with the uh, divisions, and I kind of wanted your your take on that as well. Um, but uh, just general thoughts of, of how you how it compares to maybe where you see some of these teams at the top or teams that need to be dropped or, or raised or whatever. So um, kind of going from one through 12, taking divisions out of it. I've got Oregon and USC as one and two um, in no particular order. I think those two will play for the Pac-12 title this December. Uh, then I've got Utah three because of um, a couple losses. I think that the the Utes will take care of USC in Salt Lake City, but um, kind of drop it a little bit later on. And then I've got UCLA four, Stanford five, Oregon State six, Washington seven, Arizona eight. I think they could be a team that um, might end up better than people are projecting at the start of this year. Uh, They seem to be on a pretty good trajectory, especially with recruiting. Uh, Wazoo at nine, Arizona State 10, uh, them and Cal with identical records, four and eight, two and seven in the conference. And then Colorado at the bottom at one and 11, one and eight. So, um, Specifically, I guess at the top, where do you see the Pac-12 ending this season? Yeah, I mean, I re- excuse me, I really like Utah still. I mean, I, yeah. I was at the, I was in Las Vegas to see what they did to Oregon. You know, they bring their whole coaching staff back. Most of their guys are back. You know, Devin yeah. Lloyd, the, the stud linebacker, won't be, but um, they bring a lot of guys back. I love the way Cam Rising was playing. He just seems to fit that scheme very well. But to see them just beat the pants off of Oregon twice in like three weeks or whatever it was. Yeah. And Oregon's got, you know, new coaching staff. Uh, you know, you got Bo Nix coming in at quarterback. I I I'm gonna I put I'm gonna put Utah when we do our media poll for the Pac 12 coming up soon. I, I'll put them first. Yeah. Um, I probably am gonna have USC second and Oregon third. Um yeah. and I, I think Oregon's there's a pretty big swing. USC's roster is just so different right now, but they haven't played a game, but they've right. When you add like Caleb Williams, who's going to be like a Heisman Trophy candidate, you know, and yeah. you add Jordan Addison, the the, the reigning Bolitnikov Award winner from last year, right? They just added stuff like they added, I think, twenty one transfers that have come in, um, some depth guys, but a lot of guys are going to have you know serious impact. If you watch the Alba Bowl last year, or Oregon played Oklahoma. If you would have said who are the two best players in that game, it was Caleb Williams. And Travis die, and they're both on USC's roster right. now. So yeah. it's like it's kind of weird. Um, so I I like I like USC to probably finish second and play them Utah for the championship game. Maybe get a rematch. Like yeah. I agree with you. I think the Utah will win in Salt Lake City. Maybe get a rematch in in Vegas. And I to me overall, like the North is kind of open. Like Oregon could be the top team there, but I, I don't know if Washington could be able to sneak up. But Oregon right. State made a bowl game for the first time in a while. Washington State, you know. They got some continuity. I think they're gonna have a fun offense, and they bring in the the Walter Payton Award winning, you know, Cameron Ward, the right. basically the FCS Heisman right. uh, quarterback. They bring him in. So I 
they're going to be, I think it's going to be kind of fun up there. And even Cal, like they could have made a bowl last year, except they had that COVID game against Arizona where they lost that one. Right. I think Stanford's going to, I don't, you have Stanford for me too high. I think they're going to be bad. They were three and nine last year and that's beating yeah. USC and Oregon. Right. I just think they're going to be bad again. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't, I don't, not really strong on, on Stanford and the, and in the South, I think UCLA get, having them up there makes a lot yeah. of sense with USC and Utah, but those other three teams, like Arizona's on the rise, but they were one and 11 last year. And they only won, like I said, because they Cal had all their team, right. the, the whole team was out because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so, and that was like a 10, three game. They're going to be better. They've added good players. They've recruited well. Jed Fish is going to get them better, but their schedule brutal. Yeah, it is. Three or four wins would be a huge improvement, even though it would right. you know, over a one and 11 season. But I think Arizona State's going to be tanking. I mean, they lose their, like most of their coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, players are left. It's, it's just, it's kind of a mess. Yeah. Uh, and then Colorado, I agree with you. Like they're just not, Carl Durrell's not going in the right direction. So there's, there's just a whole bunch of teams. I think they're going to be pretty terrible and right. they might get a couple wins against each other. Uh, the middle will be interesting. The, the, the North to me, there's a lot of middle, like I'm not sure who's going to like emerge, but I think right. to me, USC and Utah are going to be the, the two best teams, but you know, Oregon's got the roster still. They got a lot of good players, Yeah, but Dan Lanning's never coached before. So, uh, right. you know, there's some uncertainty for Mara, but who knows? I mean, that, that's kind of the way I see it breaking out, but it could, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. And, and the thing that uh, makes me really high on Oregon is not only the roster and, and I, I think that they've got a really good guy in Dan Lanning, even with his inexperience, but everybody who is a, a serious threat outside of the Georgia Bulldogs in week one, they're coming to Autzen, you know, yeah. which is uh, the toughest place to play in the Pac-12 at least within the last five years from a record standpoint. So uh, now, Ryan, do you like the elimination of divisions and just taking the top two teams rather than, um, you know, the top from each division? And uh, follow up to that, would you be in favor of a four-team conference championship playoff? So not just taking the top two teams, but maybe the top four, and then in consecutive Saturdays, pit them one, four, two, three, and then take the winners and then determine a conference championship that way. Because I kind of see that possibly coming for these power conferences once we get to that point um not just taking the top two but making kind of like a little mini playoff prior to any sort of college football playoff what do you think yeah so i mean as far as the divisions yeah i agree with it i mean i when i first heard i'm like is that really going to make a difference but in the pac-12 release they're like the pac-12 has been around they've had 11 championship games five of them would have been different if we hit right. so that's you know significant amount where you're like there were top 10 teams like a Stanford or an Oregon or especially early on that didn't make it in. So right. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And sure. you might see something like that USC and Utah this year, you know, if, if USC loses to Utah and Salt Lake city, but they're the second best team in the conference, they might get a rematch in Las Vegas yeah. um, afterwards. And, you know, for like the PAC 12, I don't think a, a postseason you know, tournament for the conference would make a lot of sense, but in the sec or the big 10, when you have, all those extra brands in there and it's 16 teams or more. Yeah. 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 I think that would make, I think it would make a lot of sense and heck even some kind of like, I think one of the, the thoughts of having like an ACC PAC 12 partnership was instead of having a championship game, like you have the number one ACC team play the number one PAC 12 team and the number yeah. two, something like that, you could get kind of creative, but if it's going to end up being like the big 10 and the SEC yeah, instead of just a championship game, maybe it's more about the top four teams and they get to play off. I think that'd be kind of fun to do. Yeah, no, I, I would like that as well. So, all right, man, that was fun, dude. Uh, one of the reasons I love following your work, uh, which by the way, listeners is uscfootball.com. Um, I wanted to, and I wanted to have you on because like it's 
you know, chatting with you, it's like one of our college football buddies and we're just sitting around at a function that we may not necessarily want to be at. And so, I mean, we're always talking this and probably getting, you know, grief from others. Like, you know, do you ever talk about or think about anything else? And so, you know, it's, it's great to have a college football mind like you on the show here. So I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, keep doing the good work, man. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. It, it is fun. Um, I know you kind of, when you, you get a little, when you're talking in early July, this much about college football, it's, you know, there's stuff going on, you know, and right. that's part of the thing that makes this sport so fun and frustrating at times too. But uh, you want to talk football though. Like you want to talk about matchups and things like that. But right now conference yeah. realignment is just in the front of everyone's mind. So it's, and it, you know, it's driving the sport. It's changing the sport. So we kind of sure. have to follow along as we go. That's right. Yep. So, but again, ladies and gentlemen, he is a professional uh, man that does the work researches reverberates. So keep packing the net with pack 12 goods. So do you want to remind everyone about where they can find you and what you do and uh, maybe where they might be able to absorb your wisdom and communicate with you, Ryan? Oh, thanks. Absorb the wisdom. I love that. Uh, yeah. yeah. USCfootball.com. <laughs> We've been covering the team since the mid nineties. It's crazy. Uh, but you can follow my Twitter at inside Troy. We do a couple podcasts. The Peristyle podcast is our USC football show. We got a lot of good guests I had Colin Coward on last week talking about the realignment and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And then uh, I also do a PAC 12 podcast, which the podcast of champions, I don't know if we're going to be able to call it that, or if I'm going to be doing it anymore since USC won't be in there. So we'll figure right. all that stuff out, but it's, it's, that's been fun too. It's talking about the PAC 12 at a more detailed level has helped my coverage in USC. Cause you know, the opponents and stuff better, but it's a lot of fun, but yeah, everyone on that, that podcast is like, what's going to happen? I'm like, I don't know yet. It just happened. Right. We'll have to figure this out later. <laughs> yeah. Day by day. Right. Or maybe even hour by hour, the way things yeah. are going. So. <laughs> so, all right, well, roll credits. Once again, this is the CFP podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and visit our website, cfpcollegefootball.com. And if you're looking for an IV of CFB, that's the place to go. So thanks for listening. V for victory. Fight on. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Thank you.